88.3 WXOU Auburn Hills Michigan You are tuned in to The Summer Sessions with your host Roosevelt Belton Jr. also known as R.B.J. Right now this is a track Baby Girl Curcio, Detroit based artist, DJ, and producer, Eddie Logics. Office EP, Placebo Palace. And tonight, Eddie will be joining me for an exclusive in studio interview as we discuss his career as well as the release of his latest project, Flight Risk. Before we get to the interview though, I'm going to let you get more familiar with his work by playing a quick mix of some of the tracks he's featured on and produced. So peace, stay tuned, and enjoy. Yeah. In that cool 
so I took her upstairs to the studio Yo. And then we got into a lip lock She said, yo, I gotta give it up for hip hop Give it up for hip hop Feel for the brushes under my coat, yeah. Painting a 
painting of, painting a painting of boats I'm gonna have Kentucky Derby hat catalogs Mailed to your house wrapped in plain brown paper On which is printed, here's the smut you requested Wrapped in plain brown paper, done in big block letters Hide your life savings in the canvas straps under my hat Painting a painting of, painting a painting of cats First of all, I want the baseball tickets you owe me And a more disciplined aim that only fires at capital poultry Taking out personal ads in the back page of the news Golf you Caligula seeks an all new rib to remove Let's play hooky, yeah. let's stay sloshy Clear your David Hockney swimming pool freezes, then play hockey Appear in alternating fogs, untrustworthy tears Undressing yourself to a P-Rock beat that I hadn't heard in years Chicken bones Batteries, okay. dirty drink umbrellas, glass menageries, uh -huh. seizure me brown baggy, manhole cover gas, plasma screen. Madam, tonight I'm trouncing your high Miss Pac-Man score. cake has turned a year old It's sitting in the corner of my room covered with mold It looks so lonely all by itself in the cold I bought it a cake of its own with happy birthday written in gold Lizzie is married now, Mary's in Manistee Lillian's a lesbian I think, hang her master's degree Popsicle stick picture frames fill the walls of my lonely place Who wants to stare at an empty trophy case?
88.3 WXOU, Auburn Hills, Michigan. This is the Summer Sessions with your host, Roosevelt Belton Jr. And you just heard an excellent block of music, courtesy of my guest for tonight, the one and only Mr. Eddie Logics. Sir, how are you? What up, though? What up, though? <laughs> I'm good, man. That was a uh, that was a nice little mix. That's a uh, covers a lot of ground. Some old school joints in there that that mm-hmm. I haven't heard. I had to scratch my head for a minute. Like, wait, yeah, when did this happen? <laughs> That's what you call a discography, sir. So, I'm saying even yeah. uh, even this beat right now. I'm like, dang, did, oh yeah, I've, <laughs> I forgot what it was. Yeah. <laughs> um. So just kind of just picking off on that note. Um. So. For someone with just such a prolific resume as far as music you put out, music that you're going to put out, um, just starting off from the beginning, when did the light click on for you that, you know, music was your path? Uh, I guess, I don't know, in in like middle school, high school, like I, I started messing around with just the recording process. You know, I just, I started out, I wanted, I wanted to rap. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a homie in middle school. We were like, let's let's rap, and I and I figured out how to uh, you know uh, record on a very cheap little microphone um, mm-hmm. into uh, my parents' cassette deck, yeah. and uh, you know would just do that, you know, in the living room. Like before they got home, we would just be rapping or something, you know, and like, mm-hmm. and that kind of just started off the the whole journey of figuring out of like not just not just rapping or whatever but you know how music is recorded and the fact that like that just once i figured out that i could do it you know Mm -hmm. that that like oh you know you can record this and you don't need you know you don't have to go to some studio somewhere and pay a bunch of money like you can there's ways to do i mean Granted, this was on a, like, the way that we were recording this was, like, it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. That tape was not good. <laughs> but, but you know, just after that, I think I was kind of hooked. You know, I just wanted to do more. And um, it, I never really knew where it was going to take me. I just knew that that's, like, once I started, I couldn't stop. You know, mm-hmm. it never, it never turned off. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean, it still hasn't. So until that does, you know, I just I don't really see another uh, another way. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, and just kind of you know getting into more your like your professional career. I believe your first kind of real experience with just making music, being in a group, was your collective uh, Mid Coast Most Correct. Yeah, that was my first um, group. That was like the. That was really my introduction to kind of a a hip hop scene, you know, a music scene or anything was was with them. Um, Mid Coast Most had been a group. There was, it was a uh, three guys, and then they kind of. They, I played some show like I don't know out in Lake Orion or something, and they showed up because there was a, a, a there was also a rap battle at the show, and this was like really my first show out, you know. I wasn't. I was like. I was still in high school. I mm-hmm. think I was like a senior or something in high school. Like I was. I don't even know if I was eighteen. You know, and I was performing <laughs> at this bar. It was like my first like bar show. You know, like yeah, yeah. anywhere outside of a school talent show or something like that. You mm-hmm. know, 
And uh, they came because there was also a, a rap battle at that show. Mm-hmm. And they were doing the battle thing at the time. And they came and two of them got in the battle. And they, they one of them won the battle. Mm-hmm. But they were the like the final ones in the battle, and um, they had liked like the beats that I was doing and stuff. So I, I started just kind of talking to them about doing some production, and then one of the guys in their group left the group, and so they brought me in to start rapping with them too. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of my introduction to a whole new group of rappers that i was doing production for mm-hmm. and um we would go down and i would i would kind of have to get snuck into uh the <laughs> tuesday night hip-hop uh night at at carbon lounge which yeah, is yeah. now the high dive in uh hamtramck mm-hmm. um so that was kind of like that kind of opened up everything before then i was always just like solo doing stuff in my basement by myself pretty much i had mm-hmm. done when I was like 16, 17, I had this like manager in Atlanta and I was going and recording with some producers and stuff in Atlanta. Yeah. And that was like a that was like a whole weird thing then. Like I was like in like A and R offices for like Def Jam South when that had oh, wow. just kinda popped off yeah, yeah. as a thing. But it was kind of a weird thing. They were trying to like groom me to be like some like some like young uh Midwest rapper which meant that they wanted me to be like some kind of hybrid of like Nelly and Eminem mm-hmm. but as a young like in like a I don't know little Bow Wow way or so. I don't know who you can really like I, it was very strange yeah, like yeah. thing and I wasn't really feeling that um, after you know like it was that was like my first like really brush with like music industry stuff where i was like oh this is how this stuff works Mm -hmm. and that's a lot yeah yeah but then after that with midcoast that was my kind of like look into a real underground scene and Mm -hmm. i was i was like this is amazing all these you know first time going to some shows with them i was like yo like there's all these dope rappers out here that are like killing it and mm-hmm. i'm just i just want to give everybody beats yeah. and do whatever you know <laughs> yeah um and just talking about you know detroit underground scene it is you know on a national level very healthy and also very like respected so when it comes to your introduction to detroit and you know working for us in there like how important was it you know going through that scene you know first to underground rap scene and this sort of like branching out into other scenes I think that I mean that was just my you know way in and mm-hmm. um the thing is at, like Detroit at the time like especially kind of shortly after that mm-hmm. you know the Detroit music scene was very inclusive you know you you would have shows that had a, a hip a, a rapper you know on it with a rock band with you know uh you know maybe a singer songwriter type thing like mm-hmm. it, it, just lineups would be mixed like that parties would be mixed you would you know um go to an after hours or something and it wasn't just like djs or it would be you know again like a mixed mixed bag lineup and mm-hmm. you know that really expanded a lot of things we got to inspiration would rub off of everybody you know like we were it was that was like detroit was just a really good place at that time 
to be a musician. You could do a lot of things, you could collaborate with a lot of different people, and it was, um, we all had to kind of work together a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that it's not like that now, it's, yeah. it's uh, but there was, a, there was a time where just like the live show was a big deal, you mm -hmm. know? And, um, and people would pay attention, people supported each other, you mm -hmm. know? And I still think that same, support and that same culture is, is still here yeah but you know it, it's just it's evolved over time mm -hmm. and um but we really were able to you could build with people you know and, mm -hmm. and there was a lot of mutual respect and um it's really in a beautiful way i don't know i don't know any other scene or place that i would have liked to go through that time in my life or my career you know what i mean mm -hmm. it's it's really like that was i felt like this is where i'm supposed to be you yeah know? yeah um and then sort of talking about how other people like rubbing off on you as an artist um when it comes to your career you're someone who's always not necessarily done it solely through eddie it's always been you talk about Mid Cosmos. I think um, Co-Owners was another one. Um, so why is it important for you to, maybe not always, but when it comes to making music, always being part of collective, always sort of not being behind the scenes, but bringing other people in? I think, um, I don't know. A lot of it is, a lot of it is just being out there and, and, and talking to people and and probably having a hard time saying no sometimes to <laughs> to projects or whatever but i really love collaboration i really yeah. do i do like you know getting with people and and sharing these ideas and stuff um having a collective or a group has just always been comfortable you yeah. know um it can be you know it can be a little bit scary at times to go out there on your own and put your own you know put yourself out there i guess it, it also gives you a, like another line of uh defense or mm -hmm. you know whatever to to block some of the vulnerability that you have as just a, a solo artist yeah but it's also just you know i'm inspired by other people they bring some different art all the different artists or groups that i've been in or been a part of or work done projects with have brought something out of me that I might not have known was there mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Mid Coast Most, you know, they really taught me how to like rap good. Mm -hmm. I was like I was rapping but like they really stepped up my my punchlines and all that. And mm -hmm. um working with them to change how I make beats too. You know, like just help me step up every everything that I was doing. Yeah. And then from that, it, it led to a lot of other opportunities and working with a lot of other people, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and also just doing, I do like the mixing and mastering thing. So there's a lot of just people that I work with that I'm not necessarily always doing beats for or mm -hmm. rapping with. Yeah. Um, that also, you know, are is a huge influence and bring different things of, out of my workflow. And mm -hmm. that's how some projects come along too. They're just making beats for people, you know. Uh, I, my whole group with Progress Report, uh, DLE, that came from, I just did a couple beats on his solo album and then he was like, oh, you want to do a project? And mm -hmm. again, I'm like, 
allergic to saying no or something <laughs> so i was like sure and then like we did you know we we had a whole thing with that so um you know it's just uh just just ask me and you'll probably will probably end up doing something yeah you know? as i found ask out. nicely yeah <laughs> that's the key um you did also mention mixing and mastering um tell us more about that because i believe you kind of study under someone to kind of perfect that yeah my, well you know i had always done that out of just necessity just being in like my mom's basement mm -hmm. with uh you know an old copy of sony vegas like figuring it out you yeah, know yeah. by myself and then um i worked with another engineer for a little bit that had went to uh full sale mm -hmm. and i already knew how to like record and could like operate pro tools but he kind of showed me a little bit more into mixing and then i went to the recording institute of detroit mm -hmm. out on the east side and i worked under uh, i took some classes there and then um bob dennis mm -hmm. who is uh rest in peace was yeah. uh he was he kind of ran the school and he asked me to come on and help teaching help teach and kind of was mentoring me um i was helping him do mastering work and all that mm -hmm. um and he is somebody who he got picked up right out of high school to uh be part of the mastering team at motown records yeah. back in the day like barry gordy picked him up out of high school and he mm -hmm. was mastering you know back then they had a lot of different engineers because they would be they had the whole quality control thing right mm -hmm. so he would master a record or whatever but then five other guys would master that same record and they'd go in the room and pick which one you know mm -hmm. but working with somebody like that was great because i i already knew the basics i knew how to work a, the program and do all that but he really showed you know he's old school with this so his all of his knowledge comes from just not a specific program or that it's 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 how you can do this on anything you know mm -hmm. so he really showed me that just breaking down like this is what a compressor does i don't care if you're looking at a hardware thing uh you know this plug-in on the computer whatever it is it doesn't matter this is how you do it regardless of what you're working with mm -hmm. and it opened my eyes gave me a whole new understanding on how everything worked um yeah. And from there's, you know, I'm still using the same, all that stuff that I learned from him today. You know, it all mm -hmm. still applies. I've learned a lot more since then, but that really um, made it click. Okay. Uh, you know. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, you know, um, so that was a lot, which is good. But um, what we're going to do now is we're going to transition to our first commercial break of the night. And we're going to do that with a uh, track off your new record, uh, Flight Risk. This is called um, Home Sweet. So, for you know, just introduce it for about 30 seconds while we queue it up. Home, home Sweet, yeah. Off yeah. uh, Flight Risk. This yeah. was uh, this is the, 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 the chill, more a little more relaxed, jazzy vibe uh, on, the, on the record. It's uh, my man Dan played uh, some drums on it. Um, this, this is the vibe right here. All right, that's all we need to know. All right, everyone, 88.3 WXOU, Auburn Hills, Michigan, Summer Sessions with Eddie Logics. Here's Home Sweet. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Oh. 
All right, 88.3 WXOU, Auburn Hills, Michigan. This is Summer Sessions, and I have the pleasure of being joined by the one and only Eddie Logics, sir. Um, excellent job in the first half. Good questions. I mean, not good question. Good answers. They were good questions. Yeah, that was good. That was good. <laughs> a little back and forth. It was good back and forth. We got we yeah. locked in. Yeah, back to back. <laughs> yep. Um, speak, so speaking of back to back, um, this record um, on Flight Risk released on Rocksteady Disco. Um, so just tell us like how you got involved at label initially and why that's sort of like a good place for just you right now. Well, first off, shout out Rocksteady Disco, yeah. shout out Peter. Um, really, I think, well, actually, my first introduction with Rocksteady Disco was I did a I did a project called Black Shark with Blair French, mm-hmm. and we did a like a cassette release. We did an album, and then we did a split twelve inch with Topher Horn. Mm-hmm. That was one of like I don't know, maybe like the fourth. It was a very early release, like maybe the fourth or fifth release on Rocksteady. Mm-hmm. Um, and that split twelve was actually how I kind of first even heard of heard about Rocksteady or and met Peter briefly but I didn't really know Peter like that like we weren't really homies yet or like hanging out and um but that record came out and I was like oh okay cool like I I wasn't even really doing like the full like dance music thing yet I was it was kind of still me and Blair were going there with it but I was it was a little bit more chill like heady how like i don't know i don't know how it was it was a little different vibe um and then i did uh i did the kilocos track like this was you know years down the line and i did the kilocos track from placebo palace and i didn't really have a plan for it i was just gonna put it up on Bandcamp, and mm-hmm. i sent it to blair to just see like hey does this mix sound all right you know what mm-hmm. i mean like how like before I like finished this up, the master like what do like you think this sounds all right? Because yeah. it was I knew it was up his alley. Like it sounded like something he would like, and he was like, "Yeah, man, it sounds great." But send it to Peter, and I was like, "What do you mean, send it to Peter?" And he he said, "No, no, send it to Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think he he, he would want to put it out or something." I'm like, "Oh, for real?" Yeah. Like <laughs> I it didn't even cross my mind. You know, yeah. I was just like, oh, "All right," and I'm like, "What?" what's his email you know yeah. i didn't even have his email address like that <laughs> so i sent it to him and uh he loved it and he would he was like oh I'll, I, I would love to use this for like a compilation or something like that and mm-hmm. i was like well no if, yo if you like it like yeah, yeah. let me let me get you a few more uh-huh. like, let me let me do the like i got i had some other stuff kind of started but not i didn't really have a direction for it or a reason for it yet mm-hmm. you know so i was like let me give me a minute let me let me let me add to this uh this this pot real quick you know (laughs) and um i did the the other other three for placebo palace and he he loved them you know um had like a a couple little minor feedback things i think on a couple that i was like yeah let's go like give i you you tell you know how can i i want to make this a banger and then um i never thought it would he put it out and and it did really well and i never thought it would i didn't you know i was just totally unexpected but uh you know then that was january 2000 i believe and then 
couple months later, there's no more dance floor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're 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 at a standstill. We're shut down. But it, it, the record still did great for for that. I, yeah, you know, yeah. I couldn't believe how you know it had sold out by then. But it was still a lot of DJs playing it in their living rooms now. Mm-hmm. You know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, and I always had a plan to follow that up with something. So it took a little bit longer than I thought because. I was making, still making some dance music during the pandemic, but you know, obviously, it was a little bit harder to do when you're not, when there is no dance floor, you're not DJing, you're not really plugged in like that. Yeah. You know, I ended up doing a beat tape because I was like, hey, let's just go back to some, just some dusty beats for yeah, a second. Yeah. Uh, but the uh, flight risk was um, some tracks I had been working on and tinkering away for, for. A, a while for longer than i (laughs) would like to say i did actually but uh you know it was i wanted to make a a follow-up that kind of picked up where that left off and i think it comes across like that um the whole flight risk uh name was uh i just had that idea for a name and then actually uh before, like before, right before the record came out, I, a good friend of mine um, had actually passed away from a, a skydiving accident, and so the record now is kind of dedicated to him uh, for that because it's it's. I mean, it's it's just a huge tragedy, and it and it and so now I kind of look at it in a different light with that whole with that whole thing. Um, <laughs> But you know, people seem to be enjoying how the record came out, and uh, it, it once again it, it sold out real quick. Which thank you everybody who <laughs> you know bought a copy because yeah. y'all killed it, and it's they're gone right now. So yeah. you can only get it at some shops. Or Juno might have a couple still, but I'm not a hundred percent. And you know, it's just at the shops until we until we press them up again. Maybe maybe Peter will run both of them back. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, and just getting into like the meat of the record, um, you have some pretty noble names on here. Um, Tim Barrett, um, Dan Patterson, you mentioned earlier, and I think Peter Croce is actually playing bass on yeah, the one or a couple of tracks, correct? Yeah, Peter played bass um, on on the on the track that Tim played guitar on. Yeah. Um, shout out, shout out Tim Barrett. Shout, yeah. shout out to Kleiner. Um, mm-hmm. He's really dope guitar player. Yeah. Um, he. Uh, I, I I got I got in touch with him because he would come out to the technically yeah nights that I do with uh, with uh, Joe Rad Silver and he played he played that with uh, K two I had I I think I did some early mastering for K two when they first formed when they first got together yeah so I kind of just knew him from the scene and he, he laced that joint and actually Peter played bass but it, he actually played bass on a different song we did a session I did a session for him with this other band. At the Assemble Sound Church, mm-hmm. and Peter played bass on this other track. And I was looking through my hard drive for something else one day, and I came across this Rocksteady Disco Sessions folder. Mm-hmm. I was like, "What?" Is-? I had I totally <laughs> forgot. I didn't know what was in it, and I opened it up, and I started playing. And I'm like, "Oh!" It all it starts started coming back, and I was like, "Oh, Peter played this bass," and I actually mm-hmm. sent so. I I more I sampled his bass. I, oh, okay. I sampled his bass line okay. and made it work for this track. Yeah. I sent it to Peter and was like, 
like, what do you think of that bass line on there, bro? He was, he was like, yeah, that's tight. Who played bass on there? I was like, you did, man. I'm like, but you would never, you know, he didn't play to that track. You would yeah, never yeah. know. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, he got a, I, I stole a bass line from him uh, without his permission. And mm-hmm. he was... He ended up liking it, so that was good. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, it's a unique situation with that. And then yeah. Tim played over it, and um, and uh, yeah, Dan played on the Home Sweet track. Dan mm-hmm. Patterson, he plays in White like B, a I lot think. of bands. Yeah, he yeah. plays with White B. Um, he plays with uh, Downtown Brown and um, uh, uh, Imagine a Tribe. Okay. Um, those are the those are the th- he probably plays in a couple more too. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's the homie and he's a really good drummer. He doesn't usually play on tracks like that. Like that was a different thing. Actually, that track I was like, don't play the kick drum, bro. I was like, <laughs> I got a kick in there. This is a dance, you know. Like I was like, don't play the kick drum. Mm-hmm. I'm like, just do everything else. Yeah, yeah. And I, he was like, but I want to play my kick drum. <laughs> I, I understand. But we're not doing that today. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually got another track that he played on that that's not out yet, but it'll it'll be out at some point. We'll yeah. we'll get it out at some point. Okay. Yeah. Um. And then who else? Oh yeah, Topher Horn. Okay. Topher Horn played on uh, um, Skydive. Mm-hmm. He played the keys, the lead keys on that, and he killed it. Yeah. He, yeah. Um. The he. He lost his mind on that. Like I don't even know. Like when he sent that back, I was like, I was like, bro, you went in. Yeah, like yeah. you, he was doing. He he really went into it. And then uh, Pigpen uh, played some like just a little background synth in that too. Um, a little, he just did some a little Moog uh, like sound effect work in the in the background of that. Um, shout out Pigpen. Yeah. Mega, we do mega powers together, and um, that's the homie. So sometimes I can't. He's just got the craziest uh, synth collection out of anybody that I know. Yeah, so yeah. sometimes I just like, if I need that s- specific thing, mm-hmm. you know, a specific, very specific analog thing or something, on, I know he's got it on, on a specific, you know, <laughs> keyboard. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll ask him if we can hook that up because yeah. he's got. His studio has just got... He's crazy with it. And he finds the craziest deals on everything, too. He's mm. hes like the master at finding used gear. Mm-hmm. I, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Might want to keep him a secret. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, you didn't hear any of that from me. <laughs> um, and kind of like digging a little, that point a little bit further. Um, you talk about, you know, dance music. That's something that is not always incorporating live instrumentation. It's something that's... Not all the time, but mostly time, kind of just done in the box. So, um, I think you've done it earlier, but specifically for this record, like, why did that kind of become like a huge part of it? Um, there was just there's there's things that I that I you know knew that I wanted in the tracks, but didn't didn't couldn't play myself or whatever or some you know the the thing with the bass line with Peter like that just was an accident like i just found this thing and then i had these drums i had like the drums for the track done pretty much Mm -hmm. and um i was like well what if what if (laughs) 
and you know then sometimes that happens and you just try it and and it and it works and mm-hmm. i was like oh this is slam you know it's just that day i opened up the right folder and 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 stumbled upon something that's just like sometimes when you you're not digging for a record you just dig in your own files somewhere and you mm-hmm. find something um yeah. and then just reaching out i'm trying to be better about i you know, sometimes I, I don't reach out to musicians when I should because I just, uh, you know, uh, feel like I can do it or want to find a way for me to do it and also, like, don't want to, like, waste anybody's time or something, you know? Yeah. It's it's a, it's a... But I'm trying to do that more and, and do more collaboration with musicians and not just, you know... Um, you know, vocalists or whatever that I'm that I'm more used to. So it's just trying to share that workload, and and it, I love the way it worked out. Yeah. You know, that's kind of always something with at least with like the the, the dance music stuff I'm trying to do. Uh, it's kind of towing that line of like electronic and organic feeling. You know what I mean? Um, I want to blur the lines of what you think I might have sampled or what you think I might have played or had somebody play, you know, because uh, it's just a whole, it's all of it in there, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just I, 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 I'm trying to kind of blur that line so it's 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 electronic, but it still has a certain natural feel, you know, to it. And I think that that came across in this in in the in this record probably a little bit more so than placebo palace but in the same way yeah. I, I had i had some live instrumentation on that um dan gruska played guitar on like one of those you know uh so yeah okay um this show is running very fast so i have room for one more question um i wish i could have you longer but this is the time i got that's it's all good <laughs> um so, last question tonight before we get into the um, last track that I'm going to have you introduce. Um, for someone who um, is just have just this huge discography, you work with so many artists. Um, this record, you know, huge success, sold out the vinyl. Um, you have the digital coming out now. So, for this record and a long line of records, how do you think you're going to rem- uh, remember this one? I remember this one because it it took it took a lot of time to finish this one. I'm gonna remember it from just a lot of a lot of detail and a lot of going back and forth with myself over it. It was I, I, I was definitely just battling myself with this one, maybe more so than some other ones. You know, I I don't know unnecessary pressure, but I felt like a certain pressure to to have it be a certain way um after placebo palace so i remember it with both pain and joy you know there's a lot of like hours of me like up very late at night like doing very minuscule edits and and also second guessing uh my entire like existence uh while doing it so it was like i i would say definitely yeah joy and pain with this one but then you know it comes out and it pays off and then you know and then we then we look at at the next one you know i always look back on all the projects with with you know a certain nostalgia like i i you always kind of remember where you were in 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 a certain way Mm -hmm. um at least in a frame of mind 
sometimes you forget totally like a couple of those early ones you played i was like man what <laughs> like i remember this but i don't you know <laughs> it's like I, I i remember you know but also you know this one i had i had um finished it i had like moved I, I i was living in a new place when i finished it than when i started it and everything so it's just it was a very uh you know a transit transition record and and trying to get back on track with you know with some some dance releases and stuff okay um i also do do want to give actually before i say anything else perfect answer um and just congratulations on a uh, beautiful record um if you do have any, uh, wow, that kind of kicked up on me. <laughs> if you have any last minute plugs or shout outs, please. Uh, last minute plugs. Um, shout out everybody that bought the record. Mm. You know, whether digitally, physically. Uh, if you if you can hold it in your hand, and then that's even more props to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to you as well for having me on today. It's nice to be here. Uh, at, at OU, shout out to to my aunt Karen Karen McDouble. She's a uh, she's our professor here at mm-hmm. the school. Shout out Lance doing doing a, doing the tech stuff here. We got Party Boy. We got some homies in the house. Um, uh, shout out my girl Ashley. She's uh, tuning in right now. I'm shout sure. Out. What's up? We appreciate you. Yes, and and uh, you know, uh, yeah. Okay. Big shout outs. All right. Eddie, um, last track we're going to end tonight with is going to be Skydive. Um, I think you are again. I gave a story to someone, but if you have any more, please let us know before we kind of bring it up. Yeah, shout out Topher Horn on the keys on this one. Um, he he went off. The, the the lead keys that come in a little later on, it, it, he, went, he went crazy with it. So shout out to him. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of a full circle moment because, like I said earlier, we did that split 12. That was my first introduction to Rocksteady was the split 12-inch with Blair and I and with him on the other side. Yeah. Um, so kind of a full circle moment with this one, too. Okay. Perfect. Eddie Logics, thank you. Congratulations. Um, we'd love to have you back sometime. So, My man, anytime. <laughs> anytime. All right, everyone. 88.3 WXOU, Auburn Hills, Michigan. This was the Summer Sessions with Eddie Logics. Peace, thank you, enjoy, and catch you next week.
acapella group at Oakland University. And you're listening to WXOU.